if Chinese companies are going to develop this ChatGPT, I would imagine like the interface will be uh, more diverse or complex than the original OpenAI, and then they could add more functions into their product to address to the wide. Uh, use cases and diverse preferences of their customers. The CEO of Baidu was asked about this question, and he said the gap between Baidu and GPT it's just one month. But he he added another comment to this one month. He said the gap is one month, but it's hard to estimate how much time would it take to catch up with this one month gap. So if you are writing newsletter, you want to edit it, then you will call GPT. Now you are an editor. If you are a designer, then you will call GPT. Now you are a designer. So you give ChatGPT a persona, so it will perform its job better. There is an idiom in Chinese said like "水涨船高," right? As the sea level rises, the boat also rises. So I imagine human beings are the boat, and GPT is like the sea level or the water level. Once the GPT increases, ourselves are also improving. So that's the opportunity. Welcome to the Ginger River Radio podcast, a part of the GRR Media Outlet. And your go-to podcast for anything about Chinese current events. I'm your host Jiang Jiang, the founder of Ginger River Review, a newsletter that focuses on reporting the priorities of both the leadership and general public in China, and views you do not normally see from mainstream English language media. If you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, go to www.gingerriver.com and sign up to join our community of avid China watchers. Now let's dive into our podcast show today. On today's episode, we will be delving into the fascinating world of natural language processing and artificial intelligence. In particular, we will be discussing the development of ChatGPT, which has taken the world by storm, and China's opportunities and challenges in creating similar software. Joining me to talk about this today is Yi Hanzhou, an AI scientist and linguist who is currently working at the Korean company MindAI in Shenzhen, China's high-tech hub. I had the pleasure of meeting Yi Han over 10 years ago in Shenzhen. Yi Han studied geographic information science at Nanjing University before going to study psycholinguistics and computational linguistics at the University of Illinois. In 2019, he ranked first among 54 candidates in the Young Scholar Award competition organized by the International Association of Chinese Linguistics. As an AI scientist, Yi Han and his colleagues are using new approaches and data structures to complement generative AI, such as GPT. Hi, Yi Han. Welcome to Jingzhi River Radio. Hi, Zhang Zhang. It was a great pleasure to join Jingzhi River Radio. And also, I have been following your Ginger River review as well. It sounds like a tongue twister, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. It has been ten、uh, years, and I, yeah, I remember、uh, when we met like ten years ago. I, th- I think yeah, in Shenzhen, and at that time, the technology that went viral was the voice message,、uh, and then start with the talk box, and then somehow.、Um, The Tencent they developed their own product, 
and now which is known as WeChat, it's it's just popular among Chinese population.、Uh, and then ten years later, we had this Chat GPT. They all share this name Chat. Somehow, interestingly,、uh, but I would say like the GPT after the the word Chat, it's the thing that makes a huge difference. And then like. Uh, and then also would be the focus of our topic today. Yeah, it's incredible how quickly technology continues to evolve.、Uh, you know, Bill Gates has likened the development of AI-powered ChatGPT to the advent of the personal computer, and said that the new technology will be like having a white-collar worker as a personal assistant. So we we are going to talk about today. And、uh, first of all, could you tell us what is GPT and、uh, what is GPT's relation with AI, artificial intelligence? Oh yeah, sure.、Uh, yeah, and I think that's a very important question because I think、uh, everyone now in the world must have heard of、uh, GPT. But yeah, we, we,、uh, so maybe in the beginning we should give a little more、uh, background information about this GPT. Yeah, so GPT is short for Generative Pre-trained Transformer. So it's a deep learning or statistical model, language model developed by the company、uh, OpenAI, and then went viral.、Uh, so I would like to explain the the concept of GPT like letter by letter because every single letter means a lot. So G stands for Generative. So Uh, this indicates、uh, now with GPT, it's a type of generative AI. It's different from the conventional like、uh, predictive AI. So, for example,、uh, before we can build an AI model to help us predict like the price of、uh, houses or a price of a stock market. So, these AI will tell us there is some indication for a future phenomenon. So that that's all. It tells us, and then based on this prediction made by AI, we human beings continue to work on further processing, like write a report or write a newsletter. But now the generative AI is actually doing everything. It not only predicts something, it also can write something. Like if you ask GPT, like what's the like price of here, and can you write a report? It will do that work for us. So. A generative, it's very very different from a just purely predictive AI. So it can do a lot of work that was done by human beings. So that's for the G,、uh, and then for the P, it's pre-trained. So before in AI and in natural language processing, usually we have a every time we have a task, we train a specific model. So for example. Uh, if we want to do a task of detecting whether an email is a spam or not, so we we collect the data about spam email and non-spam email and train this model, and then this model will be only used and effectively in the、uh, application of spam detection. It wouldn't work for like a spelling correction or wouldn't work like a writing a a newsletter, but This pre-trained model—it's like a panicle. We once we we collect a lot of data in different、uh, industry and domains, and we compile them, compile them together, and train、uh, a single model. And this single model seems to 
like it can do everything. It will correct your grammatical mistake. It can uh, detect whether this email is spam or non-spam. So that's also a, a, a huge advancement compared with uh, the com conventional models and approaches in AI. And finally, it's T. T. Uh, this thing it's uh, it's not a new thing. It's called transformer. It's actually a, a architecture of a deep learning model that was proposed by Google, I think, in 2017. Um, so this has become a very classical architecture for building deep learning models. Uh, but now in the GPT, somehow the OpenAI, they have some, they combine this transformer with other types of uh, approaches. And then so they make this GPT really, really powerful in that the GPT will return some answers that will be favored by human beings, not just based on some um, random calculation and then return a result that human beings tend not to uh, like it or uh, uh, or agree with it. So um, I think G plus P and plus T is it's something, it's other reasons that this GPT becomes so uh, powerful and, and also so phenomenal and widespread spread nowadays. Uh, I think also it indicates a huge, uh, actually I would say a landmark in the AI engineering and AI product. And we know the company who created ChatGPT is called OpenAI. So can we say that GPT is a unique technology that owned or created by OpenAI, or it is more like a, a general model that every company can use or develop? Uh, yeah, I think it's an interesting question, depending on how you look at this. But yeah, I, I, I would agree that you can say that GPT is a unique product that is developed or owned by OpenAI. But uh, at the same time, there are there are several competitors like by Google and Baidu and and other open source. There is one I think called Alpaca by Stanford. This this one is open source. So there are other GPT like products that are also coming into uh, the AI community. But I would say uh, the GPT it's the first powerful and successful product that it's developed by OpenAI. I think it's a wonderful GPT 101 you know, lesson you have just given me. And uh, it's great to know that actually it is evolving. And uh, uh, we know that actually after uh, OpenAI launched ChatGPT, it also launched GPT-4, I think weeks or, or, or months after that. And uh, what are the key elements for developing uh, ChatGPT and GPT-4. What are the barriers? You know, currently the U.S. companies are the first to release these models software. We are going to talk about China later. But what advantages do the U.S. companies have in developing these technologies or these models? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the the GPT-4 or or the ChatGPT product. Yeah, it's a it's a just very unique and amazing product. And I think there are. Uh, three, uh, maybe I would say at least uh, three key elements of this product. Uh, the first one, I would say it's the computing power that OpenAI has. Because, you know, uh, 
the GPT model, maybe GPT three point five or GPT four model, has I think is one hundred seventy billion parameters in the model. So in order to perform this complex mathematic calculation, you need a lot of computing power and of course the the chips. So I think uh, uh, OpenAI has the support from uh, uh, Microsoft. They provide them the computing power and then the cloud uh, server. So they they do have a lot of advantage in carrying out different experiments and calculations uh, with the model. Uh, that's the first thing. Uh, and also, I think another uh, key element is the model engineering and architecture. Because uh, as I said, you the, the AI company used used to train a single model for a single task. So the model it's very, very small and easy to control. But now because it's a pre-trained model, it, it aims for I will train this one model, but it will solve every task that I want it to solve. So uh now the problem becomes how can I make the single model so comprehensive that it can cover all different kinds of tasks. Uh, how do I select like the uh, parameters from the data I have and train it into a, a, a well-round model? Uh, also, uh, because as I said, uh, we uh, to train this model, we need a lot of computing power. So we will have a lot of device that working in parallel to train this model. So we, any company that wants to de develop this product also needs to have a very good management of these resources and devices. So let's say I have a hundred devices working at the same time. What if one just break down? Will that uh, do a very uh, uh, huge damage to the model? Or how do I control so, so that I can make this a hundred devices work efficiently at the same time? So there are a lot of uh, trial and error. There are a lot of lessons to learn from this experiment. Um, so that's why uh, OpenAI has gained, I think they must have gained a lot of experience uh, in making errors and making mistakes. And so that they, their final product, it's, uh, it's an amazing one. Uh, and then the last one I would like to say, actually, I think this is the most important one because for computing power, you can actually you can try to buy more chips, although it's although it's expensive. Uh, and the model engineering, you can just keep trying if you have money, and then you make mistakes, uh, and you learn from the mistake, and you will improve. But I think the the last element uh, I I said it's something that uh, cannot be improved uh, just by spending money. Uh, that is the data, especially the quality of the data. So from the paper of OpenAI, we know that uh, OpenAI's uh, data were trained in many different domains and many different languages. But the majority of the data source is in English. Uh, it has very has a little in, in Chinese, I think 5%. Majority is in English. So, you know, English is also like an international language. So if we look at Wikipedia, uh, the English has the most articles than any other languages. And also, if you just look into a specific topic on Wikipedia, uh, from my experience, you often find the most comprehensive 
or uh, the most uh, well-written one uh, in English uh, than other languages. So I think the English community or uh, the American companies, they do have this advantage in uh, uh, harvesting this uh, good data, uh, high-quality data in English. And also OpenAI has specifically has specifically trained a data team that they use very uh, sophisticated and uh, and rigorous approach to make sure their data are, are very are of very very high quality. So that also uh, I think it's a key uh, secret of their success compared to uh, other companies. What do you think of the recent product launches like New Bing, Microsoft 365 Copilot, and Google's Bard in the wake of the ChatGPT's introduction? Will these areas quick technological integration and ap application iteration become standard practice in the future? What heights will be attained uh, in the following year or two? Yeah, I think it's, it's just really amazing. Like, like just in the uh, past few weeks, there are so many uh, new products coming out. Uh, so I would like to quote Microsoft's own word. Uh, so they are, re quote, reinventing productivity with AI, uh, end quote. So I think uh, uh, the new Bing and the Microsoft Copilot, uh, they are, their mission is to not not just improve our productivity by AI, but they want to reinvent productivity. Like we we now need to rethink what are we going to do with this AI tool. So it actually it they are trying to redefine uh, what 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 productivity means and what production means. So I think this is a very very important advancement. Uh, and then uh, and benefit brought by uh, GPT. Uh, and I think in the future, the GPT technology will be iterated and uh, integrated with other tools in a very, very fast way. It's, it's just faster than you can imagine. Um, so uh, for example, just the, the, in the past few weeks, we have already seen that uh, ChatGPT uh, integrated with Office Suite, and then ChatGPT now integrated with GitHub. You can use it to write code, uh, and then Adobe they launched a GPT-like product to help you generate images. Uh, and I think just a few days ago, OpenAI now doing it a little backward. They allowed uh, plugins to be added to ChatGPT. You can write some add-ons, and then integrate that add-on to uh, GPT. For example, GPT was being uh, criticized or made fun of by its mathematical ability. It couldn't do mathematics uh, very well, but now they have uh, an add-on from uh, well, uh, Wellfront, uh, which is a very, which is a program for uh, mathematical calculation. Now with that plug-in, the GPT is really, really good at mathematics now. So uh, I think for the future, I, I think it, I cannot make prediction like in the unit of year because the iteration is just so fast. But I would say the direction is uh, to make uh, GPT 
integrated with everything to make GPT applied to every industry, and then to make GPT become part of our new uh, production uh, or part of our new productivity concept. So uh, in the future, our productivity will be defined uh, by the way of uh, how we use ChatGPT in our work. Yep. Uh, I have a follow-up question for this. So, sure. so how how big how big is the gap of technology between the top tier, uh, the giant companies, developers, and the smaller companies that maybe specialized in artificial intelligence or GPT-like products? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's a very uh, interesting question and important question because uh, I, I I personally found it interesting because. Uh, OpenAI launched their GPT and other companies, they see this opportunity and then they also think, okay, if they can do it, I also can do it. But I think uh, some other company, they, they are uh, underestimating the difficulty of making a, a really powerful GPT product because the OpenAI uh, just created a survival bias because OpenAI was so successful that other company, they think they can also be successful, but I, I don't think it, it, it's, that is the case. Uh, based, uh, based on my own understanding, and also I read some articles in the AI uh, industry, so if I would say currently if OpenAI has like GPT, has, the, uh, has reached the level of GPT-4, then Google may reach the, 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 the level of GPT 3.5 and then Baidu may reach the level of GPT 3. So there are uh, huge gaps between uh, OpenAI and other competitors right now, but maybe in the future, uh, the gap would be, uh, would be narrowed very quickly. Uh, but also the other day, uh, the CEO of Baidu was asked about this question. And he said the gap between Baidu and GPT, it's just one month. But he, he added another comment to this one month. He said the gap is one month, but it's hard to estimate how much time would it take to catch up with this one month gap. So that indicates like even though he said it's a one month gap, but it may mean more than one month work to close this gap. Got it. So, so it takes time. And uh, and you, since you mentioned about Baidu, so let's let's talk about China. Yeah, uh, sure. I I I also watched the uh, Robin Lee, uh, the CEO of Baidu, his presentation mm -hmm. about their newly uh, unveiled uh, early bot, or known as Wenxin Yan in Chinese, which is similar to ChatGPT. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, Robin Lee said that it was the result of decades of Baidu's hard work and efforts, and its features will be integrated into Baidu's Xiaodu smart device ecosystem. And I think he 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 you know he mentioned that uh, it's not a perfect product, but because of the demands of of Baidu's clients of the markets, they have released that. Actually, they have a they have a. Uh, updated version every year. So, mm -hmm. uh, and also the, the, the Huawei's CEO, Ren Zhengfei, said that the future of AI large-scale models will be booming and Huawei will focus on creating AI underlying computing uh, platforms. 
So you talk about it a little bit just now. So how do you view the, the ChatGPT-like products launched and will be launched by Chinese companies? And what development opportunities do you think ChatGPT has brought to Chinese enterprises? You have just talked about that. Actually, uh, it's more than months, a month gap between Baidu and uh, some other Chinese companies with the American U.S. companies. So what advantages and uh, challenges of developing ChatGPT in China will these companies face? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Baidu, I also watched the whole uh, launch a conference by uh, Baidu. Uh, to be honest, in the beginning, I was a little bit uh, disappointed uh, because they mm -hmm. actually don't show. I think a not, not just you. The 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 stock market is also a little bit disappointed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, as, as you said, the stock market dropped 10%. And that reminds me of what happened to Google, right? When Google first like present their ChatGPT like product, the, the stock price also dropped like 9% or 10%. So that also goes back to my previous comment. Yeah. Uh, people think, okay, GPT, uh, because OpenAI is so successful, other people think we can also do it. But th that's not the case. It's actually extremely difficult to make a, a, a very uh, well-functioned uh, product like OpenAI. So, but uh, another uh, on the next day, and also my uh, opinion about Baidu's product also changed a little bit. I th I think yeah, in the beginning I was a little bit disappointed, but now I see uh, it, it may brings more opportunities to Baidu itself and also to the Chinese market. Uh, because you know what happened. You mentioned that the stock price dropped. Yes, but do do you know what happened in the next day? Actually, on the next day, yeah, the yeah, stock yeah. price uh, came came back, and then it's even higher yes. than 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 before. So I think it it also reflected how the market, uh, how the investors see uh, this future of uh, Baidu or other uh, Chinese company who want to uh, develop the GPT-like product, they do see that maybe in the short term, it's really a bad idea and bad product, but maybe in the long term, it means more opportunities and, uh, and more uh, 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 com competitiveness added to the company. Uh, and also Huawei, I think, uh, yeah, maybe Huawei, I know that Huawei has, uh, developed, has been developing their own uh, cloud server so I think uh, it kind of makes sense to me that they, they, they're not trying to build another GPT product because I think... Yeah, because you just mentioned that cloud server, like the, that, that is actually a, a, a key element, right? Yes. Uh, it's a barrier it's, or as a, yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So yeah, Huawei, because unlike Baidu, I, think, I don't think Huawei has much uh, accumulation in like a natural language processing and the data, related data. But they do have some uh, accumulation in the computing and, and the cloud server. So I think, yeah, it kind of makes sense to me that they are focusing on the uh, the computing platform instead of the uh, GPT model or GPT product itself. Uh, and also, not only just Baidu and Huawei, I think the whole Chinese market and the companies, they get excited when they see how powerful ChatGPT is. So I think, uh, based on my experience, I see that there are three types of actions of Chinese companies to this uh, ChatGPT product. The first one is 
Okay, I will make my own thing. That's the first type. So that's represented by Baidu. And also, you know, um, uh, Kai Fu, Li Kai Fu, or Kai Fu Li, uh, who on the Sinovation, he recently uh, proposed that he will do, a, I think, AI Project 2.0. So he also want to uh, engage in this uh, 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 enterprise of developing uh, GPT-like uh, product. So that's the first category. The second category includes some companies that are not trying to build a GPT-like product, but they want to have the GPT product integrated to their service. So they would say, okay, we cannot afford the cost of ChatGPT, but we want to embrace this ChatGPT model and use it in our business. Uh, and then uh, the third one, they... The third uh, reaction to uh, the ChatGPT is uh, they want to use ChatGPT as a foundation. And then on top of that, they want to uh, make something new and add some more features to uh, this uh, GPT. Uh, I know there is a startup company did a very interesting thing. You know, when you use ChatGPT, you need to type in the prompt and then the quality of your prompt actually can affect the quality of the response of GPT. So I think this startup company, they somehow use a, either machine learning or, or other approach. Uh, when you type a prompt, they help you to polish your prompt. They give, you, they give more details to your original prompt, and then you can use this edited or uh, a polished prompt and then give it to ChatGPT to get a better answer. So I think, um, yeah, generally based on my observation, there are three types of reactions um, of Chinese companies to GPT. Uh, and for those companies who also want to develop GPT, I think they have some advantages, but uh, also uh, maybe more challenges. So the advantages, we know that uh, for Chinese companies, they have, uh, they, of course, they know Chinese language and, and Chinese culture better. That are also, that are also presented uh, at Robin Lee's presentation. So they can do Chinese dialects and then they can know some like uh, Chinese memes, Chinese idioms better. So I think in, in, in the area of Chinese language, uh, the, the Chinese company may have some advantages. Uh, over other uh, model that it's trained uh, using majority uh, English data. Uh, also, another advantage is the wide uh, use cases and wide uh, business scenarios. Because you know, in the Chinese, the Chinese market, it's, it has 1.4 billion uh, people, uh, and then they all have different uh, needs, demands, and preferences. So actually, any kind of AI application when they uh, when they come into the Chinese market, they become very very diverse and complex at the same time. So if Chinese companies are going to develop this ChatGPT, I would imagine like the interface will be uh, more diverse or complex than the original OpenAI, and then they could add more functions into their product to address to the wide. Uh, use cases and diverse preferences of their customers. But at the same time, there are uh, uh, big challenges 
The first one, as I said, is the quality of data. We know that like English data has it's it's very has has very high quality, but uh, for the Chinese data, and uh, now they are having some issues with accessing good quality data because the good quality data in Chinese are usually closed. They are like uh, good, uh, well written articles in a specific co community, but this community may not want to share the data uh, for you to train a, a model. So that could be a potential problem. Uh, and also, uh, another thing I want to say is uh, patience. So we know that OpenAI is very successful, but OpenAI, I think it started in 2015. So it has been working on this GPT consistently for many years in order to produce this uh, high quality product. But for Chinese company, uh, I feel like they are they are making efforts to trying to catch up, but uh, because the, this idea is pretty new, they they don't have too much time left to to catch up to bring out a comparable performance. So I think they're kind of uh, uh, urgent. They they feel kind of urgent to uh, develop a good product, but uh, so. In this case, they may kind of lose their patience. I think that can be a little challenging if they want to bring out a good uh, product in the long run. I see. And uh, uh, do you have any like uh, specific, you, you know, any specific areas or industries that could, you know, better, you know, applied with the the GPT models that can make the specific industry like updated into another level? In China, yes, of course. Um, as I said, the GPT, right? The G means generative, so it can help you create new content and new stuff. Uh, and then the first application, I would say, it's uh, like the video sharing. You know, like the TikTok. It's so popular around the world. And then, yeah, maybe the which maybe may face some serious. <laughs> Uh, situations as we <laughs> that, that's, yeah we that, have that, just watched the congressional hearings that's another topic that, we're not that's going right. to touch that too that, much today <laughs> yes that's another topic but yeah let's say uh in, in general uh, let's say uh, yeah yeah I know TikTok is facing a headache okay yeah uh, maybe Douyin, uh, actually you 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 were you were talking Douyin. about Douyin right the the Chinese right. version of TikTok in China right exactly the the yes I should be more specific I'm talking about <laughs> the domestic that, domestic that's product two different of, <laughs> that's two different companies. <laughs> Right, that that's true. So yeah, let me correct it. So I would say for the Chinese market, the Douyin and maybe Bilibili would like to see the integration of ChatGPT because ChatGPT can help them maybe generate script and generate background music and generate background video, so that can make their uh, video sharing more uh, attractive and and more like a multi-model, and so that would look. Um, so that can bring uh, the audience a more like immersive, uh, 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 uh <laughs> yeah, feeling. Yeah. So uh, another thing, as I mentioned before, it's the e-commerce because uh, e-commerce industry will need a lot of like a uh, human agent to deal with the complaints and the questions, uh, and then the order from the customer. But if they have something like uh, uh. A GPT-like product, 
so they can I think they can reduce their cost and then they can have their human agent focus on very focus on like serious uh, problems uh, only, but letting the 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 AI and the machine do the like lower level task. Uh, and the third one I can think of is the uh, uh, electric vehicle. You know, um, China is now the electric vehicle industry in China is like developing very fast and then it's exporting uh, the products to the uh, to Europe and then to uh, other parts of the world. So um, the future of electric vehicle, if uh, one way, one, one perspective, one prospect of electric vehicle is that if we achieve automatic uh, driving, uh, so while we are sitting in the car, we can like enjoy other videos and music. And so if at that time, we can have GPT built into the electric vehicles, then uh, while we are sitting in the cars, we can also do like, a, we can write a letter to our boss, we can listen to music, we can let the GPT to tell us a joke. So that would like greatly enhance, would turn the driving experience into like a, like a cinema experience, I would say. So I think uh, these industry would, probably they would like to see the integration of uh, GPT into uh, their current product. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, because uh, you mentioned about the e-commerce, the, the robot server or the robot uh, who, who is going to answer our questions. You know, actually, right. my personal experience is that whenever I, I make a phone call to like maybe the, the, the airline service when I, mm-hmm. or, or some other things, mm-hmm. you know, the, the questions or the demand that I have every time was that please connect me with a real person. I, like I want to talk a real person because you know the answers that are generated by the robot was just so simple and sometimes I have very specific and uh, complicated uh, questions or issues that is actually I, I waste lots of time talking to a robot. So do you believe that in the future, in the new future, that actually uh a GPT like a service that can really mm-hmm. satisfies that such like customers complicated demand in terms of solving issues. Yeah, I I think I have confidence in that uh, for the long run because I'm already seeing some of the uh, good results. So yeah, as you said, I I share with all the experience you had. Like you, you, when you talk to a robot, it just feels so frustrated. Um, but now when you talk to ChatGPT, because ChatGPT has another has added an instruction learning uh, into its model uh, creation. So ChatGPT somehow has has the ability that to say something that will will make the, the human beings happy because it was trained to do that. So if you are like uh, not happy and then you say, okay, I I have a really bad mood. When you talk to ChatGPT, it will like first recognize your uh, sentiment and emotion, and then it will propose some solutions to that. So I think so they can sympathize with you. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, no matter like whether it really has the ability to uh, uh, simp- uh, the ability of sympathy, but at least it's acting like 
it is it is sympathizing with you. Yes, and then I think that's a very important first step for a, a, a friendly and then a, a, a clever a, a conversational AI bot. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, uh, a, a robot can help us solve some real issues in the near future. And, uh, uh, you know, during the just concluded China's annual two-session meetings, which actually uh, my newsletter, Ginger River Review, has a couple of articles reporting that during the two sessions, the Chinese Minister of Science and Technology, Wang Zhigang, said that China has done a lot of planning and research in areas related to artificial intelligence chatbots. But there may still be a lot of work to be done to achieve similar effect of OpenAI, the developer of the ChatGPT. He, he said that it is hoped that domestic and foreign enterprises can achieve more good results in the field of AI. At the same time, we must also pay attention to standardizing the ethics of science and technology, seeking advantages and avoiding disadvantages. Mm-hmm. How do you view the policies and measures taken by the Chinese policymakers, such as the establishment of a Central Commission of Science and uh, for Science and Technology and the National Data Bureau, and the the impact they may have on the development of ChatGPT like products in China? So yeah, as we discussed, ChatGPT and it's really a, a disruptive technology. Mm-hmm. So yeah, here I see the ambivalent position of the Chinese government. Uh, at, on the one hand, it really hopes that there's some uh, domestic uh, technological development in GPT-like product. But at the same time, it's very concerned about uh, the ethics and privacy and data security issues. Uh, I think that that uh, applies for other uh, institutions uh, too. Uh, we know that Government institutions tend to be very uh, conservative to the new new things and new phenomena. For example, there are other universities. Some university will like ban students from using ChatGPT, uh, while other university will encourage uh, every student to use this GPT. So that's a very common phenomenon. Uh, they the institutions and government uh, institutions have an ambivalent. Position in that.、Uh, so for China's、uh, policy making、uh, per se,、uh, I'm not very familiar about the exact policy、um, they make, but I'm, I'm thinking that their policy can also have a positive and, and negative impact on the development of ChatGPT-like products in China.、Uh, so for、uh, for one thing,、uh, if they really enforce the ethics. Ethics and privacy and data security thing, so that may be a good news for the product users、uh, in China because we also heard the CEO of OpenAI. He also、uh, um, openly expressed the concern about、um, the potential harm that the GPT、uh, can do, and we also know that slogan of Google: "It's do no harm." Right?、Uh, with a very advanced technology, it's very very hard. Um, um, to prevent any、uh, negative consequences that it may bring. So in that sense, if、uh, if the Chinese government enforce、uh, the the policy on protecting the privacy and security, then I think that's good for for the users in in China. But at the same time, as I also mentioned,、uh, now that、uh, the Chinese company they are not playing the upper hand in the GPT like products. They are trying to catch up、uh, with the 
main competitor, which is uh, OpenAI. So uh, there is still a wide gap in, in their technology, uh, in their models. So they're still at their early stage in development. So I think at this early stage, it's not a good practice to enforce too much regulation on that because that will limit their growth. Um, what I would like to see it at early stage, at least uh, more uh, encouragement and more support for, for those company uh, who want to develop GPT-like product. And then once the, the develop uh, technology become, uh, matures, then we can enforce rigorous regulations on that. So I think it's really an, an art for the government to do the policy making. And uh, I also want to talk a little bit about your company. And yeah. uh, can, can you tell us more about your, the businesses of your company? Uh, what, what are you doing? And uh, what was the differences or similarities between the products of your company made comparing to ChatGPT? So currently, MindAI offers uh, three business solutions. The first one is conversational AI. And then the second one we call human logic intelligence, which is a transparent, intelligent process automation. Uh, and then the third one is literate intelligence, which is a transparent machine reading comprehension that you can uh, ask the uh, AI about uh, about the content in, in the text. Uh, and all these are made on uh, a built on uh, mind expression, which is a infrastructure as a service um, that support or uh, human-like decision process um, based on the logic that is offered by our company. And as for the Chinese market, uh, currently, well, we have solutions in English, Korean, and Thai. And this year, we're developing solutions in Tagalog, Hindi, and Arabic. So next year, we plan to develop solutions in Chinese and enter the Chinese market. Um, for me personally, I am an AI scientist. I work in uh, the science team. And most of, most of the work of our team is on uh, our research and development. Uh, especially, I want to mention our technology. Our technology is based on a patented data structure called Canonical. Uh, and this canonical can encode uh, knowledge and uh, the logical relations uh, involved. So um, the, therefore, uh, transparency and logical reasoning is innately uh, possible with our canonical model in which we can use them to do uh, logical reasoning uh, and then to show the process of uh, logical reasoning. So also we are trying to uh, complement uh, because, as I mentioned before, there are limitations of this large language model and, and GPT-like product. Um, so they're not really achieving human-like reasoning, at least uh, for now. So our team finds a complementary approach to uh, chat GPT and GPT-like product. So we would use uh, generative AI and those large language models to help us uh, generate data and knowledge. And also, on the other hand, we are using our uh, original canonical structure to kind of mitigate the limitations and hallucinations uh, of large language model uh, so that we can check uh, whether the result given by uh, GPT is correct and, and whether it, it is logic. Therefore, we can uh, provide uh, transparency and as well as enhance the quality of the uh, result. 
by a generative AI. And then there are、uh, some similarity and differences between our product and ChatGPT. So、uh, first similarities:、uh, we both work on conversational AI based on textual data primarily. So our technology, as well as ChatGPT's technology,、uh, need to understand users' intent and then to、uh, provide、uh, appropriate responses. But、uh, however, we we are also different. Uh, in some ways, so first we know that deep learning and large language models are well-known、um, black boxes. So in this regard, we are taking a different route because we pursue transparency in our model. We don't use a mathematic a mathematical conversion of the input data and then do the linear algebra calculation, but instead we encode all the data into the canonical model. And then that will solve the problems of transparency and explainability,、uh, because、uh, with the canonical data structure, we will be able to show the process of reasoning. So you can actually pinpoint to the process. Well, why、uh, does the machine make such a decision? And then if you see、uh, there is an error, you can go ahead and fix it.、Uh, that's a little bit different from the large language model. But I also want to emphasize. The comprehensiveness and vastness of the AI world here. I think the AI world it's big enough to allow people、uh, to pursue different、uh, approaches and possibilities. So、uh, in this sense, we are not that similar, but we are not that different either、uh, from ChatGPT.、Uh, our company、uh, we have the belief that、uh, the pursuit of a complementary approach. Will also make a great contribution to the AI community. I see, I see. And、uh, let's talk a little bit about Shenzhen, because I mean, it's a place that we met like over ten years ago, and now you are back to Shenzhen, and、mm-hmm. you are now working in Shenzhen actually. And uh, uh, how how do you feel about the atmosphere of Shenzhen, especially the technology te-、uh, community there, and、uh, not just Shenzhen, the you know the the great Bay Area of Guangdong,、uh, Hong Kong, Macau. How do you feel like working and living there? Yeah, yeah. I, as you said、uh, in, in the introduction part,、uh, Shenzhen. Someone called that it's like a Silicon Valley uh, uh, of China.、Uh, I think that's a that's a very、uh, high praise、uh, of Shenzhen. But I also do、uh, because I also live in U.S. before. I also do see there's a huge gap between、uh, Shenzhen. Uh, and the the Bay Area in in the U.S.、Uh, but however,、uh, I do see that、um, there's a fast development, especially in high tech uh, uh, in in Shenzhen.、Uh, I used to live in Nanshan District, so Nanshan、uh, District has a high concentration of high tech companies.、Uh, by the way, the headquarters of Tencent in Tencent. Yes,、uh, yes, exactly the. The the headquarter of Tencent it's it's located in Nanshan,、uh, and then also、uh, the GPT of Nanshan District, just a single district,、uh, in 2022 is more than a hundred billion USD. So、uh, it's really、uh, strong in、uh, innovation and then high tech、um, uh, industry. Uh, so I I feel like yeah,、um, although there's this huge gap. Uh, compared to the U.S., but I think it do、uh, it it does have a lot of potential, and then it's、uh, gradually catching up.
Uh, and for me, uh, uh, in terms of uh, working experience, uh, before I joined Mind AI, I interviewed. I had interview from uh, two uh, tech companies in Shenzhen. So uh, the the first one is a very big one. Uh, it's called International Digital Economy Academy. I think it's a short for idea. Uh, the Chinese is uh, very long. Yeah, it sounds like a, a, a academic uh, institution, but it's actually like a, um, it works, uh, functions like a company. Uh, and I think this uh, idea uh, institution, they are also, they, they also work on uh, pre-trained models in Chinese. Uh, I haven't tried their product yet, but I think they released a few open sourced uh, uh, pre-trained model in Chinese before. Um, yeah, uh, and another company I had interviewed, it's, uh, it's a fintech, uh, technology. They use the, uh, they are actually based in Hong Kong, but they have branches in Shenzhen. So yeah, uh, this company actually shows you the gradual integration and then the flow of, uh, uh technology and, and funding and talents between uh, Shenzhen and Hong Kong. Of course, uh, the whole, uh, uh, the whole so-called uh, uh, Guangdong, Hong Kong and Macau Bay area uh, has, a, has a lot of companies like this. So they're, they're, they have branches in, in different areas and then they're trying to uh, 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 get talents and uh, funding investment flow, uh, work in the flow. Um, so that's how I, I, I feel about this region. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm a local, so I, I feel like I'm lucky to grow up here, and I, I see a, uh, there's a lot of potentials. So I, I hope, yeah, speaking about GPT, I, I hope there, there will be some uh, uh, companies that in Shenzhen, they, they can uh, uh, work out, they can uh, release some GPT-like model that, that will uh, amaze the world. Yeah, Shenzhen is also my, one of my favorite cities in China. I think it's, it's very open and uh, energetic city, partially because it was one of the pioneer cities for China's reform and opening up. Mm -hmm. And uh, now it is aiming to become a global innovation center. And mm -hmm. uh, so, so do you believe there are any like disparities in, in, in knowledge structure and style between the domestic AI workforce uh, such as in Shenzhen and the international AI workforce, what what are the and what are the current uh, differences in the development of AI or GPT between South Korea and China? Yeah, um, about the like uh, AI practitioner, uh, I do see there is a huge uh, uh, difference because I, I I used to stay in the US and then now I I came back to China. Um, I think uh, they are very different. In, in their uh, expertise and knowledge. Uh, so for example, uh, use my own uh, personal experience. You know that I, I, I used to study um, geography, information, science, and then I switched to uh, linguistics and now I work in AI. I think that it's really, really very common in the US, uh, a, a very common trajectory for student in uh, US. And then also the US society actually welcomes uh, people from different backgrounds to join in uh, AI. So for one example, uh, there was a paper called, I think, Instruct uh, Instruction Learning. Uh, 
uh, yeah, about about this title, uh, published by OpenAI. And then the first author uh, is a research scientist and OpenAI, but he doesn't have a background in computer science. He doesn't have a background in AI. His major is psychology. He is a PhD in psychology, but he is the first author of this instruction learning that contribute a lot to OpenAI. So I think oh, that's uh, impressive. Yes, but uh, in in uh, in China, I, I think uh, in in a in a job description in the hiring process, they would expect you to major in computer science, mathematics, and then they expect you to uh, be able to program very well. Uh, so yeah, I think for the Chinese uh, companies, they they are less favorable um, to uh, uh, candidates without background in computer science or AI. So if you say you are you major in psychology and you major in linguistics, it's kind of hard um, to get into the AI industry in China. Uh, that's about the uh, the expertise and knowledge. Uh, there are also uh, differences in the styles. Uh, I think the, uh, of course, that's also uh, because of their uh, business strategy and then their investment, their funding. But but uh, the differences in style is, I think, the U.S. company, they would uh, encourage you to do something that's really new, although it can be risky. So, they will like encourage you to take risk and make something that's uh, out of nowhere. But um, for uh, the Chinese company, I think they're more uh, pragmatic. So they they already have a very safe route. So they want to you want you to continue to take this safe route. But based on safe route, you can produce something better than before or more uh, uh, create something more productive than before. So they want to see the applications, uh, the use cases, and then the results very soon. Um, they don't have the patience and also I don't, they don't have a very uh, uh, solid investment to uh, allow them to wait for a few years and then to focus on one thing that can be, can be innovative but also can be uh, useless and risky. So yeah, that's the two differences I see. Uh, uh, and Korea, um, I think Korea, it's some, uh, yeah, I only have a limited uh, working experience in Korea, but my uh, personal feeling is like Korea, it's something, it's somewhere in between uh, China and, and Korea uh, and US. Uh, I think in Korea, they, they also like uh, people from uh, different uh, background. I, I know that there's someone who study like uh, uh, literature or linguistics, yet they can also become an NLP researcher. So I think in this way, uh, in this sense, uh, Korea is more similar to, to the U.S. Um, they, they like to see people from different backgrounds and then to, uh, to work out something that's uh, new. Um, also speaking about Korean, there are also two... Uh, Korean companies, they're trying to uh, boot their own GPT, but uh, they face difficulties too. Um, Kakao, it's a Korean instant messenger. It's like a Korean e equivalent of WeChat. Uh, they release their own uh, GPT-like AI uh, service, 
uh, some time ago, and then they they paused the service just one day after release. I think uh, there must be some difficulty that they encounter. So as I said, the the success of OpenAI it's really a survival bias. Um, they maybe they fail a lot, but you wouldn't know that. You only see their highlights and their success. But for the uh, for other competitors, for other runner uh, runner runners up, uh, if they want to catch up of catch up ChatGPT, they're going to they are they're going to uh, make the mistakes again and learn from the mistake and then grow. So that's why I I see that a lot of companies that uh, want to replicate GPT, they will face a lot of difficulty in in the beginning before we see they really. Before we see a really powerful product that uh, they can offer, yeah. And uh, uh, to what extent do you see the the, the potential of AI language models? Uh, generally speaking, so would it be truly able to comprehend human language, like indicating, including uh, metaphor, uh, metonymy, or, or or irony? Yeah. Um, I think that's a really good question. That's, that's also something uh, our company is working on. So uh, I think the answer for the question, at least now, I think it's no. Uh, I'm not seeing they, they have a real uh, logical reasoning uh, and a metaphorical uh, uh, interpretation as uh, human beings do. Um, by the way, this part is also what our company uh, wants to emphasize and implement uh, ChatGPT. So we can play a little game uh, to help me uh, illustrate my point. But I, I want to make a disclaimer. So uh, the result of, of, of the game I propose, it's not meant to downplay uh, ChatGPT. For me, ChatGPT is the most powerful and successful AI product I have ever seen. But I want to use this little game to just illustrate there are some, uh, there can be some limitations of GPT model. And then I will also explain why the GPT model have these limitations. And this also justify OpenAI's decision to allow uh, developers to make their own plugins that can complement the limitations of GPT. So I think, Zhang Zhang, you, you may have, you must have played with GPT before, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you must have given yeah, give it a lot of uh different prompts and ask it to do the job for you, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, do, so do you want want me to do a prompt now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh I would invite you and 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 the audience if they're interested to to try this uh a, a prompt. So I to make sure it works, I actually verify it. It's still what I expected before our, our discussion. So if you if you just give the uh, the prompt like uh, a reverse the word cat, so uh, the intention of this prompt is to to return the uh, re to return the letters in the word of in the word cat uh, in the opposite order. So uh, if you ask GPT to uh, uh, reverse the word cat, it's supposed to uh, output. Uh, TAC, which is the reverse of CAT, right? Yeah, the reverse of the word 
cat c a t is t a c. Yes, the 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 chat. I will post this on the newsletter. So yeah, just write a prompt saying yes, yes. That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. There and there is no surprise here. Yes, ChatGPT can do that, and ChatGPT actually understand your prompt. Uh, reverse meaning to put the word the word in the opposite order, but. And also, it's doing uh, it's doing it correctly. Uh, C A T, and then outputs T A C. But what if you try a a different word? Let's say uh, reverse the word uh, imminent. It's I uh, M M I N E N T.、Uh, the word imminent means like upcoming.、Uh, that is coming soon. Imminent. Oh wait a minute. Okay, try. Yeah. So yeah, the audience can also try.、Uh, the word is I M M I N E N T. Okay.、Uh, What are you seeing the there? The reverse of the word imminent is T N E M N I M I. Right. That it is not the right answer. Right, yeah, you you may want to double check because yeah, sometimes GPT gives out answer that looks like very, very looks like really looks like the correct answer, but it's actually not.、Um, I I heard you said in the reverse、uh, result there is a M N together, right? M N combo, but yeah, I don't yeah, there is an yeah, I don't think、yeah. I don't think in the original word imminent there it M is yeah, it's followed no, by N no, anyway.、Yeah. Right. So yeah. So again, I'm not. So again, I can say that yeah. In this specific case, ChatGPT is not producing the correct answer. But I'm not using why, this why, to. Why? Why? Why can? Why? Why? Yeah. The ChatGPT can you know give a right answer for? Is it because the word is like、uh, shorter or longer? Then the answer is different. Yeah. They, there can be several reasons.、Uh, I don't know how exactly ChatGPT was trained, but. Uh, I'm guessing、uh, the first reason it's not doing it correct. It's、uh, it is not thinking in the as the human beings does. So, for example, this eminent example.、Um, I also work as a language teacher before. So, this eminent, I am confident that、uh, for anyone who can recognize the twenty six letters in English alphabet, I can have that person complete this task a hundred percent correct. So, but ChatGPT it's trained on billions of parameters, but it's still confusing about the result. The reason is it is not thinking as the human beings do,、uh, in the way of、uh, symbolic manipulation. So let's think about how human beings solve this uh, uh, this prompt. So we actually we work at a symbolic uh, we uh, we can do symbolic manu- manipulation. When we see the word "imminent," we actually manipulate letter by letter. So every letter in "imminent," it's it's a symbol to us. And then now, when we see the word "imminent," we have a collection of symbols that is English letters that are English letters. And then the task asks us to reverse the symbols. So we we just basically have this group of letters. And then we switch the order. We put、uh, the last one now 
as the first one, and then and then continuing doing for other uh, symbols one by one. So we work out, and then we work out the correct answer. Um, so uh, the key is first we understand we interpret the word as a collection of individual symbols. That's the first one. It's a symbol recognition, and then. We can manipulate the order of the symbols. That's a, a symbol, a symbol manipulation, uh, because we have this two ability. We first recognize it, and then we manipulate it, and then we'll get the right result. But for G GPT, it is not seeing the word "imminent" as a collection of letters, but it's seeing the word "imminent" as a collection of word vectors. It's like a collection of numbers. Uh, and then I don't know uh, how exactly GPT does it, but GPT must have cut the word "imminent" uh, in different ways. So, for example, it may cut "imminent" as like "I am" as one group, uh, "min" as second group, and "en" as uh, third group, uh, and "nt" as a fourth group. So, each of this group will then be assigned. A numeric representation in vectors, and then they have they don't work at the symbolic level of letters; they work at the numeric level of vectors. And then, based on this several vectors, they perform not symbolic manipulation but mathematical calculation. And then, after some complex calculation, they get another result in numbers, and then they restore this number to the Uh, letter representation, which is the answer you are seeing、uh, from the ChatGPT. So I think, yeah, this example illustrate、uh, ChatGPT is not thinking, at least in in some areas, is not thinking the same as human beings. Therefore, it will have some limitations in some tasks that seems pretty easy to human beings, but. Uh, it will fail at some task that's very very simple to human beings. You know,、uh, I see your point, and you know, you know the funny thing is that I just you know insert another try another word, immediate, and I found that it can answer correctly that the reverse of the word immediate, I M M E D I A T, is like the the right answer E T A I D E M M I. So it is a similar length of Word、uh, as imminent, but you can answer it in the right way. So,、uh, how how do we explain that this like maybe it's just like a bit random like or some some rules that we don't know that the ChatGPT、uh, categorizes like as you mentioned different sets of letters into different groups, and、uh, sometimes it can answer right, sometimes it can answer wrong. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for for trying trying that too. I mean. This also makes another point that if you ask me why why is the case, I my answer is I don't know, and I would doubt that developer of ChatGPT they would know the answer because nobody knows like what happens in the billions of in a model that contains billions of parameters. Nobody can do that such complex calculation. And here, actually, your example together with my example, imminent、uh, imminent and immediate. Actually, uh, 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 would uh, would make another point about GPT's limitation. It's we don't know when it will answer it wrong. It will give the wrong answer. Ah,、uh, 
it 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 cannot be predicted. It's like you try this word, okay, it's correct, but if you try another word, then it's wrong. It it's it's not consistent, as you said. Imminent and immediate are very similar, but they it it, it can get one correct, but one wrong. So, uh, one potential limitation is when uh when we know that ChatGPT will make mistake. This is a very difficult question to answer. And also, a follow a follow up question is, when ChatGPT makes mistake, can you make it correct itself? So if you, you can also try with the imminent uh, example. Uh, if ChatGPT make mistake for the first time, that's fine. If you tell ChatGPT, okay, this is wrong, please redo this task again. Um, Based on my experience, ChatGPT will repeat that mistake again and again. It will never be able to fix that because, as I explained, it's not uh, being trained to work at a symbolic level. So that's another uh, potential of uh, ChatGPT. But uh, I'm not not saying that ChatGPT will never be able to solve it. I'm saying, like currently, with ChatGPT itself. Uh, it cannot fix this problem, but as you know, uh, OpenAI is inviting other developers to add their uh, plugs in into the GPT product. So that combination of GPT and the plug-in may be the solution to to this problem. Uh, uh, yeah, that's why we we uh, uh, I, I would like to embrace and uh, emphasize a complementary approach to AI. GPT is really powerful, but I think we also need to add other other things to overcome its limitation and make it better and more uh, uh, comprehensive and well-rounded. Very interesting, and uh, thank you for this great, great example. And uh, you know, I also asked this the question that I asked you about the uh, the, the potential of AI language models. I asked this question to ChatGPT for fun, and let's see how it responded. It's a long answer, and I I will cut it short. It basically said that, uh, however, while AI language models have made significant strides in natural language understanding, they still have limitations. For example, mm -hmm. AI language models may not always correctly understand nuances of language, such as sarcasm or, or irony. Uh, additionally, AI language models lack the ability of understand language in the same way humans do, as they rely on statistical patterns in data to make predictions. This means that AI language models may not have a true comprehension of language in the same way humans do, although they can still be highly effective at processing and generating language. You know, I, I, it seems to me that the ChatGPT knows its limitation, though it didn't mention the specific problem which we just found through the example, but uh, uh, it knows it has some limitations. And uh, actually, I don't know it is good or bad, because when you just said that there are some sometimes make mistakes, and sometimes we have to recognize that, and uh, I think knowing one's limitations, on the one hand, is the prerequisite for involving, but it also can be a little bit terrifying if, if you know, the AI, the, the ChatGPT can be, can be so like, if they really have like a self-conscious, then they, they will be able to evolve in that way. But actually now it does not have that. We know that uh, it, it does have to overcome some challenges and it might take 
take take some time as you just mentioned and uh yeah so yeah. uh do do you have any like specific suggestions to our listeners in terms of how to better uh utilize chat chat gpt like software to free up our time and increase our efficiency yeah yeah uh, i think that's a very important question i think um uh for us uh, it will be inevitable in our work in the near future that we will uh, use ChatGPT in one way or another. So uh, I have read some uh, uh, some tips on uh, using ChatGPT. I also think about this. So uh, I would say uh, my suggestion are just like what Microsoft advocated. You need to reinvent your uh, productivity. So I my suggestion is. Before you ever use ChatGPT, you need to rethink about the work that you are doing. Uh, for example, if you are writing a uh, writing code or writing script, I think you should abandon your uh, convention perception of your work, but you need to give it a new meaning or new idea. So, uh, uh, for example, if uh, you are a journalist, for example, you're writing uh, articles, uh, uh, newsletters, so. I would say the first thing to do is to create a pipeline of your work. Now you are not treating your work as uh, individual manual work, but you are treating your work as an engineering, uh, as a, uh, a production uh, pipeline. So what is your input and what is your uh, 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 stages of processing this input and what is your expected output. And then once you have this pipeline, and then you the next thing is to think about where do you place the ChatGPT in your work pipeline. Uh, and then um, the third uh, step is to give ChatGPT a role. So if you are writing newsletter, you want it edited, then you will call GPT. Now you are an editor. If you are a designer, then you will call GPT. Now you are a designer. So you give ChatGPT a persona so it will perform its job better. Uh, and, and also you will need to give it a very precise prompt. Uh, that will require you to really know what your job is. You don't just simply give uh, ChatGPT like writing a 500 words letter for me, but you want to emphasize how many paragraphs how many sections and what is the gist of each section and what is the conclusion, what is the evidence. So the better prompt you give to ChatGPT, the better result it will return to you. And also uh, another tip is to give ChatGPT an example. The example would be your desired output. And once ChatGPT sees that example, it will try to make it uh, answer close to the example that you provided so that the end product will be, will look like some, will, will, will be more similar to the one you really wanted. That's very helpful. That's very helpful. You, I feel like you, uh, you were saying that I should, uh, act or think like an engineer or even like a robot to, you know, to, to, to like, uh, and also allocate some role. Do you mean that actually I should write in the prompt that telling the 
uh, ChatGPT that you are an editor. Should I do that? Do, do yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. Giving a, a, a persona. And then also uh, to be more precise with my word, I think uh, my suggestion is to uh, encourage everyone to think uh, from a perspective, not just an engineer, but uh, as a manager. So you're a manager of your whole work and ChatGPT is one of your helper. And then now you need to make the full use of your helper together with your creativity uh, and then towards building uh, your product. So you are a product owner and manager of your work. Not that's that means more than an author of your work. So yeah, I see. Uh, you know, as a non-native English speaker, now I use ChatGPT normally to learn more authentic expressions, which make my newsletter contents easier for the readers to understand. And additionally, uh, when some articles require a translation, sometimes I use it for initial translation, and then I further add, adjust, and optimize it manually. And I, I do, I do think it, it already helps me. And uh, uh, your 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 suggestion actually just remind me of some people saying that actually when we have ChatGPT, we now have to be able to become uh, a good teacher, a good guider, or a word just used, a good coach. So being able to to write good, effective prompt is very important to help the ChatGPT to help us as assistant and generate you know the the real things that we want. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I really like the idea, like reinventing your productivity. It's not just re improving, but it's reinventing. And one last uh, one last question before we move to the recommendation section. Uh, sure. What will ChatGPT, like say ChatGPT five, ChatGPT ten, look like in the future? Uh, what, what impact will they have on the entire technology industry and even human society? I, I know this is a very big question. I mean, you can just give me your answer from your perspective. Yeah. Of course, I actually thought about this question, but yeah, I'm just giving you my imaginative uh, answer. For ChatGPT 5, I think I have some confidence in that based on its previous version. I think ChatGPT 5 will be a almost, almost completely multi-model. So ChatGPT 5 will be able to process text, uh, speech, audio, image, and video altogether. So, uh, I think, uh, at the time of chip, by the time of ChatGPT 5 comes out, uh, the the model should be able to deal with a uh, multi-model information and then uh, manipulate uh, information in one model and convert it to another model. So it will be a multi-model player. So this part, I have some confidence it will be able to do it. It's already indicated in GPT-4. It can do text and image. And in the future, it will add the audio and video in it. That's about GPT-5. Uh, GPT-10, I think, will be very uh, far away, but not that far away either. Um, uh, if I use my imagination, I think uh, ChatGPT, uh, GPT-10 would be a GPT that can move. So uh, previous GPT version, they are only dealing with uh, information uh, processing, uh, not about like uh, uh, robotic and not about the actual kinetic 
or a kinetic or a movement. I think ChatGPT. It has no hands, no no legs, right? Yeah, that that's right. It has eyes, brains, ears, mouth. It has no yeah, as you said, no hands and legs, uh, uh, feet. I think GPT ten can be a a a a I call it robotic GPT. Now it has hands and feet. It can move. It can do things freely as uh it uh it was uh uh as the prompt. Uh, till they, or maybe as itself free will, because Microsoft was already experimenting, uh, giving GPT uh, some message and then to manipulate another robot. But I think in the future, the GPT and the robot will be uh, together, will be a robotic GPT. That's my uh, estimation. And for the influence of GPT, it, it's already like an atom, at, at, atomic bomb for for the AI industry and then the whole world, uh, in general. So I, I tr- uh, I'm still a little bit um, pessimistic, but about uh, its challenge to human beings. But I'm I'm also seeing the opportunities. So every time uh, a version of GPT uh, comes out, then that means it improve, uh, it push. The upper bound, no, it pushed the lower bound of performance. So, from now on, the worst performance will be as good as GPT. So that's the opportunity it brings to us. So because you cannot do better than, you cannot do worse than GPT because you can always use GPT to generate the result. So it will become our baseline or our foundation actually. As there is an idiom in Chinese said like. 水涨船高, right? As the sea level rises, the boat also rises. So I mean, imagine human beings are the boat and GPT is like the sea level or the water level. Once the GPT increases, ourselves are also improving. So that's the opportunity. Um, and then the, ch- the challenge is also uh, very concerning. There was a paper published by OpenAI. It said that 80% of the work uh, in the U.S. can be affected or even replaced uh, by GPT. So uh, human beings always have to worry about AI. Uh, it worries they worry that AI might replace themselves uh, afterwards. The the concern has been going for for forever. Um, but this time the GPT is a little bit different. It's becoming like a real concern because it has the ability to generate ideas generate content just like human beings and also if we look back like previous technological innovation seems to uh, uh, replace like manual worker so like if we have a car then we don't need like uh, somebody to like like a, in, in old Beijing like there is a jigsaw uh, like somebody to pull the jigsaw and then to take us to somewhere so it tend to place replace the manual work but now the gpt tends to emulate and even replace knowledge workers so like if you're writing a creative i working on uh creative art working on uh, uh, uh as a programmer or as a writer then gpt can do some part of your job as well so that would be the future uh challenging for us and then we need to think how we human beings can coexist 
with an ever uh, advancing technology as GPT. Yeah, I'm sure that lots of people will feel that their jobs is threatened by the coming of Chat GPT. And uh, uh, you, I, I remember, I think the uh, the CEO of Chat of OpenAI, he uh, he he draw a, like a, a a website in a paper and it's like insert that uh, picture into uh, GPT-4 mm-hmm. and uh, then GPT-4 generate like uh, the the code for designing the specific website he draw and uh, it just makes you like you know I have started how to how to code in in my uh, MBA degree and now I feel like you know you don't have to learn that you, ju- you can just draw a picture and then the the, the chat GPT will help you to design that so yes definitely exactly lots of people's job is is threatened by that exactly well uh, I feel it really has will have a significant impact to the human society all right uh, so now let's move on to the recommendations we invite every guest of our podcast to recommend something to our listeners it can be a book a movie a, a TV series a podcast or even a video game so Ihan, what what do you have for us today yeah I I would recommend the book uh, that's also related to our previous question. Uh, the book, the name of the book, is called uh, uh, "Life 3.0: Column uh, Being Human in the Age of Artificial Intelligence." So I like this book uh, for two reasons: in uh, in its main title and in subtitle. So its subtitle is "Being Human in the Age of Artificial Intelligence." So uh, this is related to our previous question. Uh, with with the advent of GPT and ChatGPT, we human beings really need to think who we are and then what we can do. Because there is something, uh, there is something like uh, there is something called AI that can mimic our behavior and even emulate our thinking. Then, if there is something very similar to us coming out. Then we really, really need to think then then who we are, right? Um, because human beings, you, we always think like we're on the top, we are the supreme uh, being in this world because we can make tools, we can talk about abstract ideas, uh, we can we can uh, make good use of natural resources to uh, improve our productivity. But if there is something, if there is another thing that can also do it then are they human beings or are we no longer human beings or are we a, a new type of uh, being? So this is something we really need to think about. And also the AI is now being so pervasive. Even like elementary uh, school kids, they know GPT and ChatGPT in China. They kind of, they, they are talking about it in a very uh, uh, in, uh, interesting way. They express their concern about ChatGPT but it looks kind of funny to adults. So yeah, we need to think about uh, how we are being humans in the age of artificial intelligence. And also I like the main uh, 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 title, which is Life 3.0. So we know GPT is involving like GPT 1, 2, 3, 4, and so does life, right? Life, we also, when we are like uh, mammals, monkeys, we're like life one point so that's zero. Web, web 3.0 <laughs> exactly so uh, yeah we there, that 
uh, that's the uh, um, optimistic side. Uh, if ChatGPT is evolving, it's becoming better, then why can't we also become better, right? Maybe, yeah, there is a ChatGPT 4, but there is also human being 4. If there is ChatGPT 10, there are also human beings 10. Why don't we just evolve together with this artificial intelligence? We, we learn to coexist and then, yeah, work with each other to further make this world a, a, a better place, right? We're not just like standing here forever and then while ChatGPT is uh, fastly uh, iterating. No, I think the way to go is like we involve together with it. So yeah, so the author called uh, right now it's life 3.0. So we can also, we add, just as your question ask, we also need to ask what is life 4.0 look like? Uh, what does life 10.0 look like? Right, so I think uh, this book will will uh, it will not provide answers to this question, of course, but it will encourage us. It will uh, it will raise questions for us to start think about uh, uh, this important questions, and maybe someone can have a, a good answer to these questions. Yeah, I like the idea of life three point zero, and uh, definitely we'll check it out. And uh, I guess we all have to learn how to live in a world. Uh, supported or even being dominated by AI, and uh, right. I really Possibly. feel like that we can, we can continue to talk about you know AI or ChatGPT for another twenty or even fifty questions, <laughs> and it, right. it just can ha can influence or change lots of industries, and there are lots of opportunities and issues that the human society will f have to face. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm look you know I'm looking forward to maybe have another uh, having another chat with you about this in the future. And maybe at that time, you can send your chat GPT version to talk with me. Oh, yeah, sure, of course. And then also, I think <laughs> at that time, we will see the evolution of chat GPT and uh, human beings, including ourselves, too. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I hope at that time I still have my job. <laughs> we still have all the jobs. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think uh, we otherwise will. Otherwise, <laughs> we can only do this podcast for a living. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Yihan. Uh, what a pleasure it's been talking to you. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's really great pleasure. And yeah, it, all the excitement and, 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 and imagination yeah, yeah, you, you encourage. Yes. Thank you also very much for that. Wonderful. Thank you. The Ginger River Radio Podcast is a part of the GR Media Outlet. Our show is produced and edited by me, Jiang Jiang. Yu Liaojie from Shanghai International Studies University and Jia Yuxuan from Beijing Foreign Studies University. For cooperation, investing, or feedback, email me directly at jiangjiang, J-I-A-N-G-J-I-A-N-G, at gingerriver.com, or just give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We would be delighted if you would recommend our podcast or newsletter to others if you find it helpful. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. Take care.